1: Morning and good afternoon. Hey guys, and Hello. good evening, <laughs> wherever you are. Oh, gracious, guys! You have to see it. Sarah is bundled up like with blankets. I've got my Nordic sweaters on. Yeah, We are freezing our butts off. It is freezing today. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to say something else. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet anyway. <laughs> There's no F-bombs. The only F-bomb here is freezing. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is
0: cold, cold. It is so cold. Although we don't have any snow, um, which uh-huh. they did talk about potentially snow. Jersey oh. very rarely gets snow so I don't know whether it's going to come or not, but uh, the kids would be delighted if there was snow. But oh, that would be another yeah. reason to send them home from school, because whenever there's oh. snow, they close the schools. Oh, so yeah. I'm praying that there is no snow and yeah. it starts to get warmer soon and we can welcome <gasps> spring.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: I'm done with everything right now. Yes. <laughs> Tell me more,
1: because I, I agree.
0: Oh, I'm, I am just so over COVID. It mm. is. Yeah, I feel like. You're just having a laugh now. You've just gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> You've just gone too far. You have kept me from my social engagements for far too long. There is no fun right. left in my life. I no. can barely see past the end of the week. That's I how know. bad
1: it is. Oh my gosh, I completely so, agree.
0: Yeah. So I did mix it up a little bit at the weekend and I went for date night. <gasps> Get this. What? Yeah. So we had fish and chips. <gasps> Oh. by the beach well by little harbour um, yeah, and sat outside and ate it because i just wanted to feel like i was going out for dinner
1: <gasps> wait you you went to a beach in the middle of february to eat fish and chips yes. for catharsis this, this is how bad it's got <laughs> this is what i'm telling you and i was That's almost also-
0: crying on the way there because it looked like the place was shut and I said, I'm going to be really upset if it's closed. Yeah. And then we peered through the window and I said, I can see chefs in there. <gasps> they must be open.
1: <laughs> this feels like an alien landscape. And, like it really does feel like we're navigating our planet and our world as if it's like this alien planet. We don't know the rules. We don't yeah. know what's going on. There's unpredictability. Yeah. And we're looking for small, tiny morsels of sanity and yeah. and familiarity.
0: What well, a hysteria had just set in, I think. And then yeah. we ate the fish and chips and they were delicious fish and oh. chips, I have to say. Oh. And we were freezing by the end of it because the sun oh. went in. Um, it was a glorious day here actually on Saturday and the sun was out. It was beautiful. It actually felt really warm compared mm. to now where it's absolutely freezing. But as soon as the, the sun dropped, that was it. It did feel Baltic.
1: Balls ass cold. <laughs> and we
0: were sat there eating <laughs> fish and chips, but I was delighted. Oh, it's like the happiest girl in the world, right in that moment.
1: Oh my gosh, good for you. That's That sounds incredible. For some reason, I taste the vinegar on the fish and chips mm. and the tartar sauce. Yes, well we did have tartar sauce, yeah. Oh my gosh, that sounds wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, it is It is like frozen up. I'm trying to learn Fahrenheit because I live in New York, but then <laughs> my husband is like, why Why are you trying to do that? The rest of the world <laughs> has moved on. But no, I'm trying to learn Fahrenheit. So I'm here in Toronto and I've got my phone settings. My I've got my weather app still set to Fahrenheit. So here I'm trying to figure out like, what's 12 degrees Fahrenheit? And I'm trying to do the reverse math. But I think it's like minus twelve or minus fourteen Celsius. Like it's ridiculous. It's cold. It is right. But it, I'm really trying to stretch my brain. So if anybody knows what twelve Fahrenheit is, can well, can I've you give got a to ring? It now, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Info at jordylast.com. I know some of the things it, like you
0: was on. It's minus eleven point eleven.
1: <gasps> oh, geez, that's cold. So, no yeah. wonder. That is, that is cold. That's really cold. And there's really me about two or three degrees. Well, to be honest, though, you know, us Canadians, we're just, we're kind of used to this. So we've got like the special jackets, you know?
0: Yeah, but I'm supposed to be a Geordie. I'm supposed oh. to be conditioned for this temperature. So
1: <laughs> do you guys have like, is it like the insane storms and stuff? Like, is it? What is, like, the northeast of England, what is it known for?
0: Yeah, cold, uh, northeasterly winds, oh.
1: and very wet a lot of the time. Ah, got it. Yeah. Is most of the time spent in the pub warming up?
0: <laughs> well, there's, a, there's this whole thing about what geordies wear when they go out, you see. So a lot of the pubs are close to each other, so that you go from one oh. to the other to the other. So you generally don't need a coat. And a coat oh. is just then um, troublesome to carry around. Oh. So when you're young, you go out and you don't wear a coat. Often girls will be wearing quite short skirts. So yeah. there's this whole joke about uh, Geordies and their dress when they're going out. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and there hilarious. I am now sat wrapped in a blanket because it's that cold today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we can't all be 17 uh, for the rest of our lives.
0: Yeah. And also when you go out, you've got a beer coat on so you don't feel the cold. So I
1: love that. You know, when I was just going to say the beer coat, because you probably like nip into the bar and yeah. you're obviously you haven't had a drink. But by the time you get out, you're just fine. Yeah. I remember being in Halifax where I did med school and there was a Halifax Nova Scotia it's the eastern part of uh, Canada it's just fabulous and uh, so many bars in a small like uh, mm. mile radius and there was this pizza corner that everybody would congregate at at three in the morning when the bars would let out mm. and yeah. um, no one gave two shits about the winter yeah. about February when you're when you're like 21 yeah and you've just come out from dollar shots at Jerry's yeah and you get out at pizza corner Twelve degrees Fahrenheit is not a big deal. Yeah. Oh those days. Oh those days. Sounds oh, those very, days. very
0: familiar. <laughs> oh
1: my. And do you know, I think I would also be like wearing heels, which like yeah. because of my bunions, I can't wear those anymore. <laughs> I have oh, to do how, granny heels. How
0: we've aged, Anna. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. The
1: aging. But it's actually. I mean, I. I don't. I don't regret a second of my age. I feel quite fabulous. But I look yeah. back at those days. I'm like, gosh, no arch support, and without my like. Down jacket? What are we talking about? Yeah. yeah. Aw, isn't it nice yeah. to think back to that? That was a nice, like in in the middle of like the COVID shitstorm. I feel like it was really nice to <laughs> conjure up a little bit of memory of the past. Yeah. Because we're getting back to that, guys. Brush off your heels, and I've got this like blue sequined skirt. I got at a sample sale. It's actually quite mm. fabulous, and I just can't wait to wear it. I am just having dreams about like getting yeah. out my first party. Yeah. I don't care if it is just like a little poetry reading. I'm mm. going to come out in my blue sequin <laughs> skirt totally told you, start wearing it to the supermarket. Just <laughs> oh, <that's, laughs> start dressing no. up to shop. <laughs> you know, I think that has to happen. You know what? I think we have to do that. I think we have to do that, guys. We have to make it fabulous. <laughs> Anyways, me and Sarah are going squirrely. Like, this yeah. shit is not on. Like, this, yeah. we're in a bad way right now.
0: Well, I did get <laughs> dressed on Saturday. I put some makeup on. I washed my hair. I felt Ooh, like a human being again. Yeah, good for you. Yeah. So, yeah, all is ah. good.
1: Small mercies, we guys. We will make small it mercies. through. We will make it through. I think so. I think Just so. Got to cling on for the, the <gasps> last yes. few months. Last few months. Last yeah. few months. Yes. So what is popping at our international desk of love, Miss Correspondent? Ooh, <laughs>
0: international love desk, I hear you what? <laughs> ooh,
1: ooh, ooh. All right. It's pumping. <laughs>
0: okay. I am ready. So this week we are talking about a story about online dating and how it significantly speeds up relationships compared to real-life romance. As shown in a new study, we are glad they're still (gasps) researching.
1: Oh, yay, researchers. Okay, tell me more.
0: So this is all about, obviously, people can't date kind of face-to-face, so people are turning to virtual, digital dates. So digital daters can tell if they have a connection with somebody after just 30 seconds on a video call.
1: 30 seconds? Yes. Whoa.
0: So that's quite sure, isn't it? So it says virtual dates soared by 36% during lockdown, with Mm -hmm. six in ten singles admitting that they enjoyed the new dating norm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it said one in four will continue to keep up virtual dating even when lockdown fully ends, to screen out any non-starters in the search for romance. Wow! So it says that there was some benefits. So dating from a desktop takes an average of sixty minutes, compared to eighty-six minutes in person. Wow! I'm not sure who's going on dates for eighty-six minutes in person. Do you not <laughs> think that <laughs> that feels quite short? Or am I like I? To be fair, I have not been in the dating game for Me probably neither. twenty-five I years, but. I was quite surprised that it's only 86 minutes in person. How do you get away?
1: (laughs) (laughs) How do you get away? I mean, I guess for me, like I'm generally kind of a longer person. I see patients for longer. I coach for longer. I meet people for longer. I guess I'm a bit of a chatty Susan, but like I stick around. Like for me, if I'm going out to dinner, I'm going to be there for three hours, obviously. (laughs) Well, I think
0: so. And then the next bit as well, I just couldn't really understand. So it's obviously cheaper to do online dating, yeah, saving yeah. single people eighteen pounds per date. Wow! With the removal of time barriers and cost barriers, giving daters more for their money. Um, who goes out to for it? eighteen pounds
1: though? Exactly. What <laughs> isn't it like a hundred? Yes. Yeah. So
0: um, yeah, we're so a little the, bit confused oh my by God, this article. Yeah, where was the
1: study done? Ridiculous. Yeah.
0: So, but hmm. it, that whole kind of speeding up that impression and and being able to see if there's a connection, that seems like if you're big a day in, that could save you a lot of time.
1: <laughs> well, actually, the thing is, I think on the whole, I absolutely agree because if you get on a Zoom, there's no like appetizers. What would you like to drink? Oh, yeah. how is the traffic over here? Like, there's no small talk. Yeah. But here's the thing. I remember the fabulousness of meeting somebody and you like, you smell their cologne Mm. or their perfume and you get all those like pheromone things. So I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'm just saying, are we missing out on a few of the pheromone signals? Just putting it out there. I know the seagull came in. I think the (laughs) seagull has some views. The seagull does (laughs) have some views and they're very, very noisy. They are. They are. They you are. can hear them all the way in Canada. They must be loud.
0: <laughs> I can hear the
1: seagulls of Jersey across the Atlantic. <laughs>
0: the, the worst of it is I kind of I live in the middle of town. So I, they need to be a bit further towards the sea.
1: It is kind of weird. Yeah, they're kind of like city seagulls.
0: I think my neighbours feed them, which is oh, see, th- annoying. That's a bit of a problem. To a point it is. Yeah, um, that's a problem. So yeah, so the last bit on the research says that Fifty-five percent of a thousand data surveyed felt like their virtual relationships blossomed much faster than they would have done in person.
1: I agree with the seagull there that um, <laughs> 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 that I mean, this is intuitive, but it's actually really surprising. And I'm kind of stuck in my head a little bit because I'm well, you and I agree. We're kind of over mm. this. We just want things to go back to normal. I I desperately crave. To hang out with somebody in person yeah. over a beverage and just yeah. chat about Me life too. without masks on. Yes. But please wear your masks, everybody. Um, yeah. But I just really want to. And I I am so heartened that technology, the technology has been there for years, guys. It's been yeah. there like for 20 years. We finally all got on board. And so that when people are meeting people, they have a lot more options now, which is so wonderful. Yeah, And we mentioned last podcast is there's people for all sorts of reasons, whether it's safety, whether it's money, yeah. whether it's the digital interviews is really helpful for people it's a safe place Mm. you can get to know people a lot more without a lot of distracting factors
0: yeah unless you have some seagulls
1: unless well no but let's (laughs) say the seagulls are just kind of like our audience right now right because it's covid so we don't have a real audience so we're gonna have to do with here in in toronto it would be like the beavers and the and the moose but they just don't make a lot of noise (laughs) but I mean, that's really cool. But at the same time, it, isn't it funny? It's, it reflects where I am because I'm like, but what about the pheromones? Yeah, I'm in quarantine right now and I put mm. on perfume every day. Why? For myself. But it's kind of sad. I'm just... It's not
0: sad though. It's nice. Like I have not worn perfume for ages. I put some on the other day and my man was like, Oh, you smell nice. That's the perfume that you used to wear. I went, this is the only perfume I ever wear. I just haven't worn it for months on end. Yes, yes. So it is nice to make an effort. You carry on doing that, girl.
1: I'm doing it. I'm doing yeah. it, and and I will say I'm a huge fan. Now, not everybody. There's a lot of folks with scent allergies and so forth. Mm. So I, I you know I don't want to get in the way of that. But I love passing a good smelling man on the street. Ooh, yes. uh, yeah, yeah. you know when you go to like Europe or or actually in yeah. Asia and it just oh beautiful like Middle East and people are just like yeah. busting the scents and you're like oh mm-hmm. nice. It's it's kind of a jam like a guy with a very strong scent. Yeah. So. Yeah. I I guess for me, I just, uh, there will always be a mystique and an intrigue to meeting in person Mm. for a bit of a pheromone boost.
0: But I think it does, well, by the sounds of the article, it does bring some benefits. Yes, of course. Cost saving, time saving, all of those things. I think also if you're maybe somebody who feels a bit nervous about dating, then it's a good option, isn't it? Because you kind of feel a bit safer, you feel a bit more comfortable and you can always just have that technological breakdown when you want to get off
1: <laughs> it's true it's true
0: oh I'm sorry I've um I've lost connection
1: <laughs> it's true it's true ah the freeze um, screen yeah, exactly. when you said technological breakdown I actually thought you meant like throwing your computer out of the window <laughs>
0: <laughs> no that would be a waste of a good computer on a bad day <laughs> no that's true that's true don't do that
1: don't do that yeah not nothing's worth throwing your computer out the window that's true Oh. Well that's really cool. That's actually a really so. nice boost. I love that. So one of my clients is wonderful and is actually kind of entering online dating for the first time and actually mm. I was pretty fascinated to see like how much ground they're covering in such yeah. a short period of time. Woo. Yeah. Like and it's getting right down to the brass tacks. It's getting mm. down to where do you want to live? Family? Yeah. What happens after marriage? How many kids do you want? Like yeah. That sounds good. Hmm to be honest and i i see them as they're moving along they're like well i know whether this is right for me or not like they don't have to it's only been a few days and they already know what they're going to do with this
0: yeah that's pretty cool that is it is well there you go you live and proof there with your client yeah
1: yeah Mm. absolutely nice well thank you for that so
0: shall we hop along to a hot topic yes let's go okay just wondering what kind of
1: shoes i'm gonna wear probably sensible ones. <laughs> I'm wearing the fluffiest socks in the world right now. Me too. I'm double <laughs> dipping on the socks cuz I'm in a basement apartment at like 12 degrees Fahrenheit.
0: <laughs> I'm surprised you're not wearing a hat, scarf and
1: gloves. <laughs> on certain days I do. It depends on just what the temperature is doing. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> and I'm sure they're they're damn sexy as well, Anna.
1: Well, they're fluffy. I'll tell you what's underneath is great, so (laughs) (laughs) I like it, I like it.
0: (laughs) All right. So um, very saucy. Let's get hotter. Well, the that's it's good that we're starting saucy because today's hot topic is different libidos.
1: Ooh! This is so exciting because it's totally in my lane. I love this.
0: (laughs) And I love a bit of sexy times. So, I love um, a bit of sexy
1: times. Yeah, let's.
0: let's My rations. I was going to say, let it's, let's get it out on the table, but yeah. Maybe <laughs>
1: <it>. <laughs> well, the good thing is this is a pot, an audio podcast. So like, you don't yes. know what we're doing on our Zoom screens.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you're doing, but <laughs> I'm sticking to the hot topic.
1: <laughs> I'm sticking to the hot topic. Exactly. Just hot in the topic, not hot yeah. anywhere else. <laughs> so this is great. I obviously, as you know, I have a lot. What is your thought when it comes to, well, let's describe what differing libidos is.
0: All right. So your libido is your sex drive. It's what says how you feel about intimacy, how often you like it, um, when you're up for it, when you're not. And you often see people with different libidos. And I would say it's more common to have a different libido than the same libido in a relationship.
1: Totally, totally.
0: Anna's nodding furiously, so that's good. Like a
1: hell yeah. Not
0: the only doctor in the house.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. No, it's actually more likely for us to be on different wavelengths than the same.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I also think that libido is affected by so many different things and it can change over periods of time. So I think experiencing a different libido, you might not. You might not start like that. You might kind of start and be quite. Fully or feel like you're well matched but actually mm-hmm. that might not even be your normal rhythm routine it can just be you get carried away by the whole honeymoon period where we know dopamine there's that intense connection and mm-hmm. lust is at full play you've not when you first meet somebody and you've not really got down and dirty yet that's all that anticipation just like the whole thing is just there to play for isn't it? Um, yeah quite literally Um, (laughs) so (laughs) you go through that period but then things start to kind of settle down and you'll reach a natural level of um within your relationship and that may be different so you may have different levels and it's then how do you work with that but what happens over time as well is we have certain life events that happen or stressful situations that come up for us challenges and all of that can affect your sex drive
1: absolutely Oh my gosh, yes. I'm always
0: grateful when Dr. Anna's nodding to something that's Ooh, quite yes. medical.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, and that's 100% true. And this is where I like, this is the place I like to coach in because nobody talks about this because this is kind of like this, one of the many sins of like our Western civilization mm-hmm. and, and the things that we sweep under the rug is everybody knows that when you first hook up and... I'm more crass because I'm on the side of the ocean than Sarah. Sarah's very polite. Um, We shag like bunnies when we first meet somebody, right? (laughs) Like, it's just like shagging morning to night. It's like sleeping in. It's shagging some more. It's like, oh, my God. And I I don't want to say that's normal, but I'm just going to say, like, that's very typical of us with the novelty, the attraction, the so forth. And the fact that when we hook up, oftentimes there's not a lot of the extenuating responsibilities and the day to day. And just like Sarah said, is when that dies out, when that dopamine rush dies out, and we settle into familiarity and and, uh, domestication, the wheels fall off the bus in a big (laughs) way, in a big way. And we never talk about it. We never preempt it. And that's also why a lot of folks like will hop ship, right? Like they find somebody at work, they start having affairs and stuff, because there's a feeling like that the dying of the fire is abnormal. But actually, what's abnormal is the initial attraction. It's a very short-lived spark. Yeah, that has to change. It can't stay like that.
0: It's interesting, though, that you would say it's the dying of the ember and you're going into something you feel often people in that stage can feel a real detachment forming, men that kind of think mm. maybe this mm-hmm. isn't the relationship I thought it was. Maybe we're mm-hmm. not right for each other. Maybe it was just hot sex and now that's gone. We're yeah. left with nothing But the reality is at that point, you have got so much to play for, so much in front of Mm, you, so much to go after to create a deep and meaningful relationship and connection with somebody that is beyond the hot sex. So whilst the hot sex is good, we're not denying that. But there is more to a relationship than that. And if it is just hot sex, you won't weather the storms that come your way. You won't get on the other side of conflict very easily. You won't cope with adversity that happens to you as a couple very easily because you won't have any of the substance, the deep connection. You won't feel safe. You won't feel like you trust each other. Mm. All of those things that we build in a healthy relationship that's deeper, that make us feel safe and make us feel loved and allow us to love another person quite openly. and and vulnerability that's the point where you feel those fires die and that's the point that you start on that trajectory, which goes into that but you've got to be open to that you've got to want that to happen and you've got to see that as a possibility rather than hitting that fight flight button and saying you know fuck it i'm out of here button yeah
1: or seeing it as a signal that there—it's something's broken yeah So like the dying embers, the dying Mm. embers of that first flush, like the first burst of energy, which is like, like if you eat like a candy bar, you're going to have that like really quick high high, and then it's just going to go off right away. Whereas if you eat complex carbs or like things like quinoa, which like, you know, old grains that break down slowly, Mm. that are very... Low glycemic index and very healthy for you. Um, it's going to keep a slow burn and a slow, steady, you know, feed of energy for you. Yeah. So, guys, this is how to build the quinoa of a relationship and not have like a chocolate bar. So, I'm loving your analogies as ever. I know, right? I've got to bring the doctor in. But the thing is, like, I refuse to give up on hot sex. I want hot sex for the rest of my life.
0: Yeah, and I don't think that you need to give up on it. That's not what I'm yeah. saying. But what I'm saying is... When you reach that level, if you can go into that deeper connection, the sex yeah. will be better.
1: See, that's the thing. So, if I look, if I look back on all my illustrious uh, activities, <laughs> what I realize, what I defined as hot sex at the start of a relationship, was always like. It was sex, but it wasn't really sex on my terms. Like it wasn't, like I wasn't giving anything away. Like I wasn't revealing any of the cards of the deep vulnerability. It was always like, it was hot and passionate, but it was always surface level. And to be honest, probably a lot more of what the person I was with wanted. And I would never really sort of let it be in my territory. Whereas Mm. totally true. When I start to lean into the intimacy of like a really deep connection, that's where like we can start to really explore the things I wouldn't in So and that's that nice, slow burn. But what gets in the way of that is number one, nobody expects that. And so nobody learns how to dig for that. Hmm. And also, resentment and silence start to build up really quickly. Because when we start to notice, like everyone's So when that the dying ember, like one or the other person is going to keep kind of saying, well, why aren't we having sex at the frequency that we used to? And somebody is going to be like, well, but I don't want to do that anymore. Generally, there's a very poor communication. It's generally silence. It's generally excuses. It's putting things off. It's it's moving the goalposts. Yeah, that's what I find with folks.
0: But the other thing that happens as well is you get this cycle that goes on. So the person who's really kind of into the sex and wants more of it, then tries to initiate it the other person is then resisting then the mm-hmm. you know the other person then feels like they are rejected so they feel like they must yes. kind of really love me then you, mm-hmm. you start to build up these walls and then yes. you kind of try again and you go around this cycle but it gets worse and worse and worse and the walls yes. get higher and higher to the point where you're right like often then it just becomes a non-conversation and yep. months go by years
1: go by years go where by you're still mm-hmm.
0: not having any sex
1: yeah Absolutely. And this is really common.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah. The thing that I see when you reach those situations is an ability to be really true with each other about what is happening for you. So I see yeah. this. We talk about the stories and the interpretations that we do in a relationship and we're pretty mm-hmm. bloody good at it. <laughs> so we can Script make writers up, of, oh. <laughs> we are our own worst script writers of mm-hmm. this movie. Yeah. And the movie that we're writing is pretty tragic. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: Yeah, also quite far tragedy. away
0: from the truth. Yeah. So we're creating this story about what's going on for the other person yeah. without ever even having a discussion. But yeah. what we also see is this kind of expectation creeps in. So we'll get this resistance to do anything for fear that we'll get stuck doing something we don't want to do. Yes. So it's that, Have you? I don't know if this is a saying across the other side of the pond or not, but give you an inch and you'll take a mile. Is that a saying?
1: Oh, 100%. Okay. So
0: (laughs) if you think about that saying, what illogically is going on in the mind is, well, I can't have any form of affection because then they'll think that I'm interested in sex and I'm really not interested in
1: sex right now. So if they come up to but me and put their arms around me, I'm going to move away. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So
0: I'm going to resist any form of yeah. intimacy whether that's a kiss, a hand-holding, whatever, because I don't want to give them a false impression. So rather than just being honest to say, do you know what, I'm okay with this and this, but right now I'm not okay with that. Yeah. And I feel like I'm resisting you because I'm worried that you will think that I want to go farther than I do. So rather than doing that, we need to be quite honest and have quite a grown-up conversation that explains how we're feeling.
1: Well, there's that. And there's also another painful thing is I want sex, but actually I want it in a different way now. I know Mm -hmm. we started off in that way, but actually, you know what? I don't like it like that. That actually hurts for me. Or um, I find that I need a little bit more time here. Or actually, I, I actually really don't like that part. And I really love this part.
0: Yeah, I think that is, but it's the same issue, isn't it? So the fact that I'm not communicating what I want or what I don't want, Means that it's stopping us from having anything at all. When in reality, I'd probably like some of it. I'd be happy with some of the intimacy, but I just, I want it to be a certain way for a certain time period until I'm comfortable for things to
1: be any different. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And when this isn't spoken about, the other person who in this relationship may be the higher libido, or it looks mm. like again, it looks like they're higher libido, right? Because yeah. they're initiating, I guess they get that title. Then they think, what's the first thing they think? Uh, it could be, oh, they think I'm to this. Oh, I, they think yeah. they've noticed I've gained weight. They notice that I'm going bald. Um, they're having an affair. And so yeah. that's where the script writing comes in, right? Like, yeah. so when we're not communicating, then the other person fills in the blanks.
0: Yeah, but it's because we always come from what is happening to me and how do I feel,
1: rather than
0: what is happening in our relationship. How do we both feel and what do we want to do about it? So, as soon as we go to that mindset of how it affects me, how emotionally I'm feeling, we are blocking out the other person. We're not. We're no longer a couple. It's yeah. You know the what's in it for me? What's the effect on me? That's where we're at and that doesn't help us because we're not being objective enough to see kind of what else could be going on what else is at play here what's changed so it might not be that it's connected with the fact that you've just come out with the first you know six months 12 months of your relationship it might be that it's happened further down the line in your relationship okay well what has changed yeah because as we know for women sex is is all in the head Yes. And for men, it's pretty much in their trousers. (laughs) So so it is that you've got to be in a good headspace to be able to connect with somebody intimately. So what else is going on? Why? Which means actually, if I think, well, it's something else that's happening and it's not me, it helps to depersonalize it. So I can then come from a place where I can, be more objective and I can actually um, try and help in the situation rather than hinder because I'm taking my ball and I'm going home and I don't play this game anymore. And if you can reject me, then I'm going to shut
1: you off. And we end up with this tit for tat Uh
0: situation and the cycle continues.
1: Yeah. And that's a beautiful way to say it and to try to challenge yourself to say, okay, so your assumption is either they're having an affair or they don't find you attractive anymore. So is there another possibility that you can come up with to explain the situation? And that one might be like, maybe it has nothing to do with you.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a good question though. The question is, if I exclude anything to do with me, what else Mm -hmm. can be going on in
1: this situation? Yeah, and that opens up the compassion, right? And the the curiosity. Yeah, absolutely, Yeah. 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 I will actually say that it's really hard to work through this as a couple. This is, mm-hmm. I, I really do believe that to have a third person in the room to mediate, a coach or a therapist, if you're dealing with different libidos, chances are this isn't this didn't just happen chances are yeah. you've been kind of stuck in this chances mm-hmm. are there's a lot of silence there's stonewalling where one person refuses to talk about it the other person yeah. is saying what's going on there's a lot of anger frustration resentment it's really helpful to break the ice mm-hmm. and get a third person in the room here yeah because this is what kills relationships this is what leads for people to separate this leads to affairs obviously right if mm-hmm. if somebody the higher libido person in this relationship situation if they're not feeling loved, if they're not getting the affection and the sex that they need, when there's the opportunity to have that other like brand new, fresh, exciting mm. uh, sexual encounter with all the the happy hormones again, uh, it takes a lot to not think that that wouldn't be a great idea. And yeah. no judgment if, if that is something, if you say, look, I need more passion and sex in my life, and I'm going to go find that, all power to you. But what we tend to find is that this is a rotating pattern, is yeah. that it's not the person, it is that Every relationship is going to need to be able to tap into the quinoa energy to be able to to fight through after the chocolate bar energy has like been long and gone. Bring on the quinoa. I'm back on food.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think the other thing that's really important in this situation is that neither party feels really pressured. Mm. So sometimes even just acknowledging the situation and saying, you know, I'm not going to pressure you this is how Mm. I feel, This it would be great if we had more sex, but I understand you're not there yet. So Mm. really acknowledging that the other person is not necessarily where they have been or where you would like things to be, but just making sure that there isn't that pressure and going back to that, trying to open that conversation about is there any any form of intimacy that you would be comfortable with because sometimes it's not just about full blown sex it is about actually I just want to walk down the street and hold your hand yeah or I'd really appreciate if I just had a kiss before bed every night Mm. um so it could be the smallest of things that would satisfy your partner Mm. but again it goes back to this kind of I don't want to get caught in a trap where I feel like I've got to Uh, to do too much so mm -hmm. really easing off and um releasing the pressure and just trying to introduce intimacy in small ways without pressure without expectation is the best place to start
1: it is and and then to help you with that again because we're sexual beings our Mm. fundamental reason for being on the planet is to reproduce so taking responsibility for your own sexuality is something that really plays in here because a lot Mm. of the time we get into a relationship we're like oh well this person is going to satisfy my sexual needs and the reality is is we are solely responsible for our sexuality. And so if that means masturbation, if that means addressing your sexual needs sort of in a way where you take responsibility for it, where you say, look, I'm going to allow space for my partner to come online and for us to work this out, but I'm going to take responsibility for fulfillment of my sexual needs. And that sounds like a little bit weird. And there's a lot of interpretation there. But until you see yourself as being in the driver's seat of your sexual desire... This won't work because if you see the other person as responsible for giving you sexual fulfillment, your patience runs thin and then you break down trust further because you may, again, start to be quite pushy and um, losing your patience and your partner will see it and seek help for this. If you're saying, Mm -hmm. I want to take control of my sexuality so that I'm relieving the pressure off my partner and I'm really standing in the driver's seat of this, that can be tricky and, and I encourage you to seek help.
0: Quite literally, relieving the pressure. <laughs> <laughs> so fly um, solo until you're ready for a companion flight.
1: Ah, I like it. I like it. <laughs> we're talking about air travel, which most of us can't do right now. So I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All sorts of. Who knew that there'd be a place where we're talking about air travel? And ooh no, don't get saucy on me, Sarah. We're talking about airplanes. What? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know it's nice. a distant memory. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, that's Uh, lovely.
1: That's lovely.
0: So I guess to summarise, then what we're saying is this isn't uncommon. This is actually Mm. more common than you think it is. Um, Yeah. And... The key thing is to communicate, to explain, Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. try and be open and vulnerable with your feelings around this, to resist the temptation to make up stories um, about what's going on, to seek some Mm -hmm. help if you need it, to get that. Relieve the pressure. Yeah. Somebody else that's impartial that can help you have that conversation if that's Mm -hmm. something that you're struggling with and um, do a bit of solo flying for one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Mm. Thanks, Sarah. That was great. Yeah. So, oh, feel a little lighter. Yeah, me too. Up at thirty-five thousand feet. <laughs> Only. Uh,
0: yeah, that's so true.
1: That's so true.
0: All right. Well, you warmed up enough for the uh, question of the week.
1: I feel like taking a layer off. Let's go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. <laughs> So, this week's question is, how do I know if I'm dating the one? <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Dun. Well, apparently, if you're on a Zoom call, you'll know within 30 seconds.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, end of, that was a great podcast. Thanks, Onward Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Oof,
0: Get on a Zoom call, 30 seconds, you'll know if it's there or not. <laughs>
1: i mean that's actually kind of interesting it is that is actually interesting that (laughs) that there seems to be more discernment on Mm. zoom calls so okay all right but who knows but if after 30 seconds on a Zoom call you haven't figured out (laughs) then how do you figure out if this is the one well so where do you start on this
0: i start with is there even other one
1: i know sarah I, i love it me too I've got, Me too. I, I've got to
0: go straight in there. Like,
1: Ex- that isn't right one in there.
0: person. There isn't only one person in the universe for us. I there know. can't be. There is not. It just can't be possible. So yeah. I kind of feel like we put too much pressure on ourselves in relationships mm-hmm. because, I don't know, what is it we're looking for? Are we looking for a magic formula? Are we looking for yeah. a silver bullet? Are we looking for, I don't know, a sign on the forehead that just kind of greets you and says, I'm your happy ever after for the rest of your life? Yeah. like.
1: And what Is pressure that, to say, do I have to comb through 7 billion people to find the the one? The because if I don't one. find the one, then we're not going to work out. And then and I have to keep looking. be a misery. <laughs> I know. I know. So isn't it nice to just relieve the pressure? I agree with you, Sarah. Yeah. Relieve the pressure on yourself. There ain't just one. Yeah. There's probably hundreds of thousands of people yeah. around the world.
0: Yeah. I was listening to an interesting thing the other day as well about the fact that we are often... Attracted to people who are different from us because we like the spiciness that it Mm. kind of brings up in life. But -hmm. then after a period of time, we then start to try and change the person to be more like us. (laughs) When in reality, that's not what we need. So we need Uh. um if we've been attracted to that person for a reason, so they bring something into our lives, Mm -hmm. that's why we're attracted to them. Mm -hmm. Let's not try to then kind of so. You know, when we're talking about the one, we've clearly got some sort of pre-description in our mind about what that one Like a one checklist. Person, yeah, we've got that kind of blueprint that yeah. we're looking for and we're out there searching with the checklist and the photograph. Yep, yeah, this, <laughs> this is my the one. This is the yeah. one I'm after. Mm-hmm. But some of the most beautiful relationships blossom when we are just open to accept the things that come into
1: our lives. Mm, absolutely. So, what do you think is a helpful way to keep yourself open? And what would be your sensors? What would be the? How do you navigate? I'm just so, thinking of what are all the the names for navigation here. But like, <laughs> how do you navigate the world when you're you're looking for something?
0: What do you something? do? What do you do? <laughs> what do you do? I think you know we've talked on this podcast before about whether you should be kind of best friends with your mm. um, partner or not. And you know we came to the conclusion actually also might not be kind of you know maybe best friend isn't the right title but you should absolutely yeah. be friends yeah. so i think you look at how do i genuinely enjoy spending time with this person mm-hmm. if we were the only people left on the planet would we still have a good time ah <laughs> if, yes you know can we have the types of conversations that i want Are we attracted to each other, whether that's sexual attraction or some other form of attraction? Mm. Do I feel compelled to spend time with this person? Mm -hmm. So am I having fun? Am I enjoying it? Do I feel like there's a future with us? Yeah. For us.
1: Is there a future? (laughs) Is there a future? Yeah. And we know the realities are, is this somebody who we may not have the greatest communication to start off with because like no human being does. Yeah. But is this something where we have the building blocks to work on communication and connection and nurturing compassion for each other? So we actually can go through the journey of hardship together. It sounds kind of weird to be packing our bags for hardship, but Mm. the reality is, is that bumps on the road are part of the journey. They're not the unwanted exceptions to the rule.
0: Yeah, I think so. And I think it's about looking at, is there a connection there? Do we feel like there's that desire to be together? But is there a yeah. willingness to commit to the relationship yeah, so that when yeah. we hit those bumps in the road, we're ready for it and we believe in each other, we believe enough in the relationship to be able to work through those?
1: Yeah. And if you're a cutter and runner like I am, or I I come from a long lineage of cut and run. Yeah. Yeah. And it was something that like, I it really struck me to realize that that was my, I, I thought that was just sort of normal and to realize mm. that that's actually my outlook where I remember a long time ago in my, me and my husband's rocky, rocky past. I think I was just like, oh, we should just pack our bags. And he said yeah. something like, is our relationship so fragile that this would mean the end? Mm. And I was like, that's beautiful. Yes. <laughs> Obviously. Have you not Obviously. been listening? <laughs> what? This is like, yeah, we pull the plug now.
0: Are we in the same room? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's funny. So then we ended up breaking up and then we got back together again. And when mm. I reali- and then I realized the wisdom of what he said is that yeah. we were just hitting a rough patch yeah. and a rough patch, like a really good, well-constructed car should be yeah. able to hit that pothole or hit that like uneven terrain and it should be able it'll get messy and dirty yeah. but it'll come out the other side yeah and that's who you're looking for and that is actually why I realized my husband was the one or like one of like 150,000 uh, <laughs> but at least I found a, I, I found 150,000 you know the you found
0: one of them you found one I of found the one ones. of them
1: <laughs> of the seven billion yeah, and, and there was that basis to realize yeah. that we could get all mucky and muddy on an all-terrain, like, off-road race together and we'd come out the other side and our vehicle wouldn't break down. Or it hasn't yeah. broken down yet. I still want to cut and run, like, every day. I always want to cut and <laughs> run. But so far, I'm like, oh, this is a pretty sturdy vehicle that we're in, actually.
0: It is so good that your husband does not listen to this podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> As he <you> frequently... <laughs> it's so good i know i know and my friends have said you know like you're you're very complimentary to your husband i'm like yeah he doesn't listen yeah and and so i from time to time i really like flex the ability to just kind of like yeah by the way yeah no i'm a huge cutter and runner and like because it's easier it's easier to do that it's easier
0: to just You know, we've all got that fight or flight inside of us yeah. and that gets exercised and it doesn't go away. So the saboteurs that exist within us do not go away. They get yeah. smaller um, over yeah. periods of time, but they'll be triggered. They're easily triggered. It's a bit like kind of in the fire. It can happen yeah. sometimes without us even realizing that it's happened. So yeah. that idea that we want to run before somebody else hurts us mm. is quite a natural instinct in us. Yeah. But recognizing when we're doing it is really, really powerful because then we can make a conscious
1: choice. Yes, yes, totally. Mm. So I think for anybody who, who like me, like has to learn this rather than, you know, there's some people who've actually been raised and with families that have actually exhibited this staying power or just this knowledge, this readiness Mm. to hit rough patches and to not see it as a symbol of like, oh, no, the world's falling apart. The world's falling apart. Yeah. So for people like me who needed to learn this as an adult and were not ever this is a child or didn't Mm. see this as a child. What I've kind of gone out there to do, it's kind of like, again, I love the car analogy, going to kind of ride that. I am looking for a Subaru. So when I'm like looking around at 7 billion people, and I'm looking for the one I'm looking for the Subaru, there's lots of Subarus in the world. But there's also a lot of crappy cars in the world, too. Mm. So I'm looking for the Subaru, good safety ratings, sturdy, well constructed, and it's going to see through many miles. Kia used to be kind of a crappy car brand, maybe they've kind of reinvented themselves but like don't get a kia get a subaru
0: i love the way you're bringing a car analogy in but you haven't got a clue I
1: know (laughs) about which cars are good no i don't (laughs) so somebody can help me with that like what's a really crappy car brand these days that's kind of made of plastic kind of maybe looks good on the outside but just
0: don't think any of them are anymore because we've got some safety standards (laughs) (laughs) that's
1: true that's true The lemon is probably not as much of a thing anymore. I guess you can't get away with, like, selling an unsafe car anymore. No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the 80s. Oh, I miss those days.
0: (laughs) All right, well... (laughs) Well, We used to have a friend of the family that used to drive around in a car where you could take the steering wheel off. (laughs) And I think back to how horrendous (laughs) this is. So he would take the steering wheel off and hand it to you as a child in the passenger seat, saying, do you want to drive... Like, that is so not funny.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, that's great. Okay, that's awesome.
0: Thankfully, we've moved on from those days.
1: You know, sometimes I think I'm super hip and I'm super young and I just was born yesterday. And then sometimes I remember I'm 42. (laughs) And this would be a moment. So, (laughs) I mean, this raises a great point. So, like, when you're with somebody, and you're dating somebody, like, if there's somebody you can take the steering wheel off, Mm. maybe that's somebody... That is not a good fit for a long-term relationship. <laughs> I'm trying. Is that fair to say?
0: I'm trying to go with this, but I'm not really. <laughs> I I'm can't not, believe I that there was a car where you could take yeah. the steering
1: wheel off. That's well, crazy.
0: Clearly wasn't a very good car. <laughs> well, that's the thing so i think let's try and make some sense of this for the listeners okay <laughs> so i think what anna is trying to say is for her when she's looking for a relationship something where mm. she wants to spend the rest of her life with somebody for her she wants mm. to feel that safety and security she wants to feel like it is a, a relationship that is going to be there for her in the times when we hit some problems and some challenges yeah. she wants to feel like that's okay yes is that right yes okay
1: Thank you. I should be
0: a coach. You should be a coach. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense of like strange clients. Thank that you. don't know what they're talking about.
1: <laughs> Sarah, I mean, that's exactly it. And if anybody is listening and they're like, I can't make a sense of myself and whatever. Well, I am a complete hot mess. So <laughs> if Sarah can fix me. <laughs> but yeah, and sometimes like. We have trouble articulating what we, we, we feel like a real jumble and a mess inside. We mm. can't figure out like what's getting in the way of us when confronted with a simple question like, how do I know it's the one? Yeah. Some of us really have a real difficult time of mm. trying to articulate what we're thinking, what we're feeling, what we're sensing. And I'm going to be the yeah. first to stand up and be like, I'm, you know.
0: But, and I think part of that, like my question back, because we always like to kind of think about well, what questions would we ask in this situation? the question how do i know if i'm dating the one my question back would be what are your concerns ah, what are you worried about yeah. where is it that you feel like things aren't right where have you got doubts ah, because yeah. there's something there's always something behind the question so the question yeah. isn't really have i met the one that i want to spend the rest of my life with yeah there'll be something deeper than that so it might be am I doubting that I'm able to find love so is it that I don't believe that love exists for me do I believe that I don't deserve love yeah. so that could be part of it it could be actually I've been hurt quite a lot in the past how do I know that this person is right for me because I can't take another knock back another setback I can't take rejection again so there, yeah. you know there'll be all manner of things that are tied up in this question yeah so it's getting to the crux of that to say well actually what is your real concern here
1: Ah, and I like that. And then I also like, what would it feel like if you knew you were with the one? Yes. Great question. (laughs) Because we know that there isn't a one. Yeah. But just imagining that if you're looking out for what would that feel like, then you can start to identify what those feelings would be. And then if you start to feel those feelings with somebody, you may say, "Hmm, maybe they're the one because I'm starting to feel the feelings that I've already identified I would feel if I were with the one. Yeah. Maybe security, maybe contentment, maybe a a peace, yeah. maybe like the absence of chaos. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's really cool.
0: I think, yeah, the uh, the last thing I'll just say, like connected with that as well, is if we know that there isn't only just one person, does that not open you up to take more risks and to Mm. accept more into your life? Because I'm not pinning all my hopes on this one relationship
1: oh gosh yeah yeah
0: so I'm just gonna explore it I'm just gonna be curious I'm just gonna see what happens and as long as I'm enjoying it and I can see that there's some sense of future and that future doesn't necessarily have to be you know 60 70 80 years away it can just be a a short-term future as long as I can still see that we're connected and we're enjoying it we enjoy each other's company then maybe that's okay for now oh nice
1: that feels very peaceful
0: Mm. It takes some of the pressure off. Yeah, you feel a bit lighter even just saying that. Oh yeah.
1: Mm. I mean, really, it's a really nice thing to not have to figure it out now. Yeah, and to not have to put that pressure on you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, ooh, that was an episode. So then, the next stage is like, let's open the freaking restaurants up, and let's just be able to like have a nice drink and enjoy ourselves. If we're if we're gonna get the pressure off ourselves and enjoy, well, let's yeah. let's get past COVID so we can actually just enjoy ourselves.
0: Somebody told me at the weekend in Jersey they think the restaurants are going to open at the end of February. I, I was delighted when I heard that. What? So I don't know how true oh it is. So gosh. any of our Jersey listeners, I'm sorry if it's not true, but that's what somebody told oh me. Oh my gosh,
1: I love it. <laughs> so I'm the gossip train. I'm
0: I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful.
1: Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Ontario uh, is locked down. Locked <laughs> down. Um, <laughs> just and I mean I'm in quarantine, so like I don't even notice. Yeah, but um. Gosh, I can't even, you're you're supposed to like call in or use an app to report your symptoms every day Mm. to the government of Canada. I'm missing days because, not because I'm a bad citizen, but because I'm literally just missing days. So (laughs) (laughs) if the government of Canada like brings me to a court and is like, why didn't you report your symptoms every day? I'd be like, I don't know the difference between 24 hours (laughs) anymore. But it's like that period between Christmas and New
0: Year, I have no idea what day it is.
1: I have no idea what day it is no idea exactly exactly but so things are pretty dire here to imagine that that may happen by the end of this month is pretty amazing yes. so I hope for Jersey it is true because Me too. oh wouldn't that be amazing yes, it yes. Would be. it would be yes <laughs> I'm gonna get out my blue sequined skirt <laughs> bring mm-hmm.
0: it on baby bring it on <laughs> bring it
1: on middle of winter yep absolutely uh, well that made me feel a lot lighter
0: yes me too i'm ready to face yeah. the week
1: ahead yeah very good mm-hmm. excellent well another week gone and a few more insights gleaned yeah <laughs> yeah so till next week my lovely till next week sarah thanks okay have a good one Bye.
0: so that's it for another week of geordie lass and doc